I just wanted to be noted that you are not my supervisor. Oh, yeah. It feels like I'm home again. Senior co-podcaster. That's right. <laughs> How's my hair? Same as always. How's my beard? It's getting a little long, actually. Yeah, I need to do something about that. Everything's adjusted. I'm Russell Berger, and this is Stephen Furtick. I can... Ooh, I turned the volume so far down that I can't hear anything now. Better? Oh, yeah. Perfect. All right. Welcome to the DC Podcast. Welcome. Let's this, never do that again. <laughs> we've uh, we've been talking about social justice. Yeah. And if you've been following along... Uh, you're probably you. triggered. Thank you for listening. And uh, yeah, you're probably triggered. If you're not triggered, you will be. Mm. Uh, but seriously. Seriously. We've... Uh, hey. Come on now. We, 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 we've been trying to make uh, this an ironic series. It's an important word to learn if you don't know that word. You're looking Derives at Derives from the Greek word Irenaeus. <laughs> we got to get this together. <laughs> we, no, this is, this is the best one we've done so far. <laughs> so uh, we, we've been trying to do a, a really careful, thorough, attempting to be wise introduction to the concept of how, not to the concept of social justice, but the concept of how Christians should talk about social yeah, justice right. and think about talking about social justice. So we've taken this thing like two steps back. Yeah. Maybe three. Sure. And we're working our way slowly to talking about issues related to social justice. Because this is a fiery, hot, controversial subject. And it's really easy to go in too quick, too hard, too fast, without defining terms, without laying foundations. And just making people mad and saying things you don't mean to say and getting misunderstood. Sure. And we don't want to do any of those things. No. And we want to encourage you not to do any of those things don't do that and especially don't do it on the internet which is pretty much where everyone does it yeah uh you know if we if you actually sat down with other human beings who disagreed with you on these issues i bet a lot of the stuff we're talking about would get worked out naturally i'm i'm certain it would but on twitter and facebook and instagram not so much instagram twitter and facebook yeah it's real easy to fire off something that has a whole bunch of assumptions and things built into it that isn't going to be well understood. Yeah. Is going to be taken the wrong way. And it's just going to basically cause division amongst your brothers and sisters in Christ. Yeah. Where it doesn't need to. That's Sometimes right. it does need to. Sure. But often the division is created where it shouldn't be. Yeah. Great point. We so, didn't even have that in the notes. No. Just, That's for free. Just impromptu. There it is. All right. I'm done. You do the rest of the episode. I don't know about that. But here we go. Uh, so we said that we wanted to help people think well about definitions, but then we were actually going to offer some definitions of our own. That's right. Okay. Which we didn't just make up. No, that's right. These are the important terms yeah. that we feel. We, we said some definitions like, yeah, they're going to change English. The English language is fluid. If you haven't seen the p- previous episode, go back and watch it. Yeah. Uh, and we should just be okay with that in a lot of situations. Yeah. And we should not argue the meaning of terms and what a term should be. Yeah. Uh, unless that term is biblical. Yeah. Is important sure. to uh, the gospel or the nature of God or the church or yeah. something that's foundational to what we believe. That's right. And then we should defend it. Yeah, that's right. So some of the main terms that we want to defer, define are church, mission, justice and racism less defined and more just kind of exploring different ways that people think about racism 
Right. But you can still you can, you still, can still define look at racism through the lens of a biblical anthropology. Sure. Uh, a biblical view of sin. Sure. And that's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. But it's a little different than what is the church. That's right. Yeah, yeah. that's right. Um, yeah, race is not a term found in the Bible. So we're happy to let that definition shift. Right. Church, uh, it is found in the Bible. Church is the English word that we use to describe the Greek word, ekklesia, which means literally... Gathering. The gathering, okay? And uh, so it's it's worth asking, the reason why we need to actually define church in the first place, if we're having a conversation about social justice, is yeah. because so much of justice... Oh, did you want to answer that? You no, look I'm like just, you were... I'm just excited. Okay. <laughs> so much of our conversation about social justice comes back to the question of what is the mission of the church? That's why Kevin DeYoung and Greg Gilbert gave their book the title that they did, because that's kind of what it comes back to when we as Christians have this conversation. What should the church be doing in our world? Sure, that's right. What kind of injustices should they be correcting, if any? That's right. And how how do we do that? Yeah, what has God called us as his people to do? But if you don't define church then you're certainly going to misunderstand the mission of the church, right. right? You have to understand what an organization or an entity or an organism is, depending on how you define it. That could be one of three O's there. Mm-hmm. Organization. No, I, said, I had an E. I had, that was entity. Oh, so close. All right. That's what I get for trying to do on the spot alliterations. You don't. You can laugh into the microphone. I okay. Don't, I don't want to. So anyways, if you understand what the church is, you're more likely to rightly understand what the mission of the church is. I'm with you. So now let's do a fun little exercise. Okay. Instead of saying the church is X, Y, and Z, let's talk about what the church is not. Okay. Number one, the church is not... It's not a social club. Good job, man. I can read. You can read. You can even read my handwriting. That's that's pretty incredible. Yeah, that's right. The church is not a social club. It's not a country club. Mm. It's not an affiliation. Yeah. Uh, you don't pay your dues. No. It's not a status. It's not a thing you do as part of being a good you know, community member. I'm, yeah. I'm describing what I no, see in, are, in yeah. nominal Christianity around where sure. we live. Sure. Which is that uh, I'm part of the church because I and my family have periodically attended sure. this this gathering yeah. for years. Yeah. It's it's where I have my business connect connections. Yep. It's my social network. It's where I pay my dues. Sure. It's my safety net. Mm-hmm. Right. All of that kind of goes into the church is not a social club. Yeah. <clears throat> and how that relates to the mission of the church, and we're going to explore this on the next episode more. But if if that's all the church is, then there really is no mission. Right? The the mission is is for you to serve yourself. Mm. But if the church is something as God has defined it, and we're going to talk about that in the next episode, then then he he sets the agenda, he sets the mission, and uh, yeah, we would approach things very differently. Okay. A church is also not... Ooh, okay. Yeah. What if my friend and I, and we've co- we covered this in our first podcast, so this yeah, is a did. really good refresher yeah. if you listen to that one. Or if you're a latecomer. If you're a latecomer, this is new. What if my, my buddy and I, who are both Christians, want to skip gathering on sunday with our fellow believers and we want to go on a nature walk yeah and just be out in creation and and enjoy the beauty of creation can we be the church together if you make a covenant to do that together under the name of jesus christ 
uh, and meet at the basically the same place and the same time every single Sunday, and you are committed to carrying out the gospel mandate, sure you could and be. And practicing the ordinances. Practicing the ordinances, all of that stuff, right? Okay. But, but that's not what I said. <laughs> no, that's right. So I'm trying to like, th- imagine there could be a way in which, right. in which that could be the church, but... No, that's not a church. I, I'm thinking of the sort of, and, and I've seen a lot of somewhat like emergent church liberal writings on this topic of you don't need to feel like you have to go somewhere to mm-hmm. be part of a church. You can just go out in nature and watch the sunset or whatever in yeah. your pajamas on Sunday morning and that you can be the church because you're a Christian. And if you're a Christian, you're the church. Right. Uh, and that's just a lot of nonsense. No, the church is the gathering. Right. That's literally what the word means. That's right. And you and can't a, gather by yourself. No. And you gather in a covenant, right? Matthew 16, Matthew 18. We're not going to redo all the exegesis here, but Matthew 16, under the uh, authority of his name, uh, under the right profession of his name, Matthew 18, under the authority of that right profession, where two or three are gathered together in his name, not gathered together once, mm-hmm. but gathered together regularly under that name to carry out the, the mission of God. Right. Yeah. So, number three, the church is not a... It's not a political organization. How dare you? Mm-hmm. Okay. This is uh, particularly dangerous for Christians in America. Uh, maybe more dangerous 20 years ago. Yeah. Where the Republican Party and Christianity seem to just kind of be walking hand in hand ever mm-hmm. so peacefully. Yep. Yeah. But what could go wrong with the mission of the church if you understand the church to be a political organization? Ooh, I'm trying to think of that, how to answer that without giving a definition of the mission of the church. Oh, I know, right? Uh, well, politically, if the church is, is too aligned and too identified with uh, politics, um, and, and I don't, and I, I want to be careful here because all politics is religious. Right. Um, and so there is no separation of religion and politics. Yeah. And to quote Lehman, the church is political. Right. The church is political. And so that right. separation, religion and politics will always be interwoven. Sure. But church and state, okay. at least in our country, and for... I think for good biblical for reasons. For good reasons, uh, those two are not interwoven. Yeah. So the state has a role and an authority given by God. And the church has a role and an authority and a mission given by God. And they're distinctly different. Yeah, that's right. And so we don't want the church carrying out the sword of justice. Right. Uh, we want the state to do that, Romans right. 13. Yes. Uh, and we don't want the state baptizing believers and excommunicating believers based on their profession of faith or their, you know, their unrepentant sin. Yeah. We want the congregation to do that. That's right. And when you start confusing those two things, you end up with the sacralism and the, you know, the burning of heretics by the state yeah. and all kinds of crazy stuff. Yeah. I'm going to award you 10,000 bonus points for using the term sacralism. Yay. Yep. Yeah. Where, can I redeem those for something? Yes. You can get those little vampire, plastic <laughs> vampire teeth, you know, that you get at Chuck E. Cheese. Let me make, let me frame this more in a modern, okay. in our, in our context. Uh, I don't think we're going to see um, some of the issues that I just described from history. I think what we tend to run into is a conflation of uh, the teachings of Christ and, and what a Christian is and who a Christian is with a particular political identity. Yeah. And so you, you can, you can basically see uh, Republican evangelical uh, voters confusing themselves as Christians when they're not. Right. Uh, And you can see people start to make divides politically where they'll say, well, if you believe this political view, you can't be a Christian. Right. 
uh, where that may not be the case. Right. Uh, and so you end up with a, lot, with a lot of factionalism and tribalism around certain political issues that are not straight line issues, to borrow right. from Lehman, who borrowed from Benny. Yeah. Uh, they're more jagged line issues. Like yeah. you have to reason from scripture in a couple different steps yeah. to get to some political position. And yeah. it would be it would be wrong to view someone who had a different a different view than you when you've reasoned that far away from scripture yeah. as a non-Christian. Yeah. Uh, and so there's all kinds of things that get messy when you confuse the two. Yeah, absolutely, brother. Could not have said it better myself unless I would have had about five minutes to sit down and prepare. I, I don't know what I said. I just blacked out. Okay, good. Um, it's not a monolith. Mm, monolith. So when, when 2001 a, a Space Odyssey? No, that's obelisk. Ah, I thought an obelisk was a corpuscular creature. When a Roman Catholic speaks about the church, mm -hmm. what they mean is the Romish understanding of church, right? The visible, structural, you know, our headquarters is in Italy, you know, and we have this hierarchy, and that's what they think of when they say the church, mm -hmm. right? That's not what we mean when we say the church, right? which leads us into our next point. The church as understood locally and universally. When we speak of the church, we mean typically two things. And we get this from the New Testament. Uh, we mean the universal church is all of God's people, everyone who has ever trusted in the word of the Lord, from Abraham to you and I here today, from America to China to uh, the tribal person in the jungle who received the gospel, anyone and everyone who has ever trusted in the word of the Lord for salvation. That's the church. That's the church. All time, all space. Uh, scriptural reference, we could say, is it Ephesians? Christ laid his life down for the church? Yeah, that's right. Uh, that's got to be universal. Absolutely. Yeah. But Paul was writing that to the church in Ephesus. Local church. Which, and, which I think in the New Testament, we see more references, in fact, to a local church. Absolutely. Than universal. By, by, by a mile, mm -hmm. right? So the, the local church is the visible expression of of the universal church, right? This is where the universal church takes root. It's where it pops up from the soil of the earth, right? Yep. It's it's where God's redemption is made visible to the world. Got okay? it. Um, and and that that is where two or three people gather together under a right profession of Jesus' name and agree to walk in covenant together to carry out the mission of God, okay? Which involves everything from the ordinances to evangelism. And we're now that very specific definition, we're I want to restate we're pulling that from scripture. Yeah. We Matthew see that 18. in Matthew 18 and, and before that in Matthew 16. The keys of the kingdom. Yeah. Uh the authority to in Jesus' name bind and loose. Yeah. What does that language mean? It sounds super weird to someone who's maybe not familiar with those terms. Yeah. Bind and loose just comes from, uh, in, in the days of Jesus, the experts of the law would render judgments on whether or not somebody had been obedient and faithful to the law or disobedient. The, the case would come before them and they would say, you're bound by this law or you're, you're loosed, you know, you're, you're, you're fine. And, and that language is picked up by Jesus to talk about those who rightly belong to him. So when two or three Christians are gathered in the name of Christ, right. that's important. Yes. It's not a nature walk. No, under a, the right profession of Jesus. Under the right profession in, in agreement and in covenant to be a church yeah. and to render those judgments faithfully. Yeah. That's a church. And they have authority. That's what the, the spirit being present among them is what gives them that authority. So and you see that in Matthew 28. So that, and that's the church has authority. Yes. Not the pastor, not the pastor, not a pope, not no. a bishop, not a council or a committee. Yeah. For 
my Baptist friends sure. out there. Sure. It can include the pastor, and in some sense it can include deacons in mm-hmm. a very limited sense. But it is... But that's all derived authority. That's right. From the congregation. From the Lord, yeah. down to us by the power of the Spirit as a gathering of believers. Matthew 16, Matthew 18, Matthew 28. We we kind of went through this pretty extensively in our very first episode. Yep. But So yeah, so local versus universal, okay? And one of the great problems that we have when we talk about what the mission of the church is and what the church should be doing is we speak in grandiose terms. Mm. We use, we, we say, it's a blight on the church that this, this, and this exists. Example? Uh, abortion. You know, I'll, I'll pick on myself here, okay? Okay. Um, I, I hate abortion. Yeah. I hate it. It's a moral evil. It's a, it's a stain on America. Um, and the world. And um, when I was a younger Christian, I used to write about it a lot. Mm-hmm. Tens of people love my writings. But I would often say it's an indictment against the church that abortion is still permissible in our land. Now, what I was doing there was making a massively sweeping statement. It was a brother of mine, Garrett Kell, who kind of pushed back on that a little bit. And he was like, what church? <laughs> Which one? Right? And and with experience, I came to see what he what he meant because you know the church in Peru, they couldn't even they couldn't even fathom the idea that somebody would kill their baby. I mean, mm-hmm. the, the Christians in the jungle just couldn't even make sense of it. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, it would it may have been helpful for me to say something like the American church, but even then, that's that's not very helpful because there are literally tens of thousands of churches in America that stand against abortion. Tens of thousands? I'll say thousands. That seems safe. Let's not get carried away. That's not More kidding. sweeping statements. Yeah, there we go. But you're right. You, yeah. you have to make that distinction. I like to fight fire with fire, but go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> you, have, you have to make that distinction. Uh, the, the indictment against the church yeah. begs the question, what do you mean by church? Yeah. So it may be helpful to say that... Uh, the Unitarian Church. <laughs> Strong air quotes, bunny ears all well, around as, it. Here. As we've already defined church. It wouldn't be a church. It wouldn't be a church. No. What people really might be better off saying is this particular denomination. Yes. Right? Like the PCUSA. Or this local church over here. Right. Who had an opportunity to preach against abortion and took the wrong side. Yeah, that's right. And couldn't and affirmed it yeah. as a right of women yeah. to, to kill their sure. children. Another way that you can say it is the churches in the South. I, I don't think it, it's unfair to say that uh, during the time of civil rights, a, a vast majority of the churches in the South were opposed to justice in that area, yep. right? Well, and even then, you just qualified that by saying a vast majority. Right, exactly. So being careful with our speaking about the church universal and recognizing that there are distinct autonomous local congregations who may very well not be part of that group yeah. when, we, when we say this is an indictment against the church or yeah. the church has done really well in this area. There's always exceptions. Yeah. Okay. One more thing to talk about here. How are we doing on time? 19 minutes. We're good. Organism versus institution. If you understand the church primarily as an institution, you're going to make some categorical mistakes. Mm-hmm. But if you understand it as an organism, right, uh, composed of, you know, various cells, I think you're closer to thinking about the church in the right way, right? Yep. And this le- this will lead us down the path of scattered versus gathered, mm-hmm. right? When the church comes together as a whole and it's gathered, it has a particular mission that God has given it. 
But the individual, the cells of the organism, as they scatter, as the members of the church disperse, they are then called not only to carry out that mission individually, but also all of the implications of that mission and everything right. that goes along with it. Right. Right. So if, if you're talking about the mission of the church and you don't have this concept of, of gathered and scattered, uh, you're probably going to make some categorical mistakes as well. Right. And to flesh that out a little bit, we would say that the mission of the institution is going to be different than what individual Christians do and then the church as an organism. Christians working together outside of the institutional authority of the church do in the world. That's right. Very different things. So in light of the gospel, I may feel compelled to go minister to unwed mothers, right? My wife feels that burden. She's trying to adopt uh, a baby, okay? Mm -hmm. That is not the mission of the church, right? That's something in light of the gospel that we are on mission to proclaim that she feels led to do. And it's the, the, the mission of the church, which we'll get to, that yeah. actually equips you. Absolutely. To do those things. Yeah, that's right. Uh, I'm, I maybe want to, I maybe feel called to produce Christian films and television. Yeah. Is the church responsible for that? Yeah. The institution? Yeah. Should the institution be producing those films, films and television, or should they be equipping me in such a way that I can go out in the world and do that? Exactly. And that's really important. Yeah. I think that's all we got for this episode. Next, we're going to be talking about, okay, now that we understand what the church is, now that we understand that it's this universal thing with a local expression, and we could say a whole bunch more about what the church is, right? Somebody out there is like, you didn't talk about the church as a family. You didn't talk about the church as an embassy. You didn't talk about the church as the temple. Right. The scripture uses so many different images of the church, right? So we're, we're trying to just give you a good basic understanding. There's this give universe- you the skeleton here. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And scripture gives you a lot of metaphors to kind of fill it out. Mm -hmm. But now that we understand that this is what the church is, we're going to talk about what God has called us, the church, to do in the next episode. Now, get ready to be triggered. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Okay. Stay tuned. Love you. Bye.